It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Game. It's time to take an in-depth look at the gridiron. Now joining us, Pro Football Focus's lead NFL analyst, Sam Monson. Here's a guy that has a deep understanding on In The Zone. Kicking our NFL football talk to another level. Let's bring on NFL guru from PFF.com. Sam Monson joins the show. Sam, welcome in. Pretty big blow for the Cardinals. They'll lose Kyler Murray for the remainder of the year. Uh, We'll see when he's able to come back next season. Do you think they're regretting that deal at this point? Maybe not just because of the ACL, but also because of the strife and sort of the the odd play of, uh, of the quarterback position overall there. Yeah, I mean, their entire season, I think, has gone pretty badly from their perspective. The the Kyla Murray thing hasn't done anything positive this season. The whole year has kind of been a bit of a disaster. And now they're in a they're in that situation where, you know, they have to figure out what changes going forward. And it feels like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is the most obvious sacrificial lamb or scapegoat to, to be had. But, you know, we know that Kyler is capable of, much better play than we've seen from him this season. We saw last year. I mean, for the majority of last season, Kyler Murray was leading the NFL in big-time throws, big-time throw rate. He was an incredible big play machine. And then this season, it all just sort of disappeared. I don't think that's just because he got paid. I think the entire offense has kind of hit a skid. I'm going to ask you to put your uh, doctor's hat on. When do you think we see him again? Yeah, I, I guess it's, it's tough to know at this point in the season. If you look at, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL in the Super Bowl, we're now hearing that him playing at all in the in the regular season is probably unlikely. If he's coming back to anybody, it's for a playoff push. So, you know, if you, you go for a year from this point on, I, it's tough to see him taking the field really before pretty deep in the next year. Let's turn to uh, Brock Purdy. He has definitely looked the part in San Francisco. Anytime I see him, he's just making big-time throws, scrambles at the right time. He ran in a touchdown on Sunday. Uh, You would never know that he's Mr. Irrelevant when you watch him play. Is he getting overhyped at this point, or do you think the praise is warranted based on what you've seen from him? No, he's playing well. I mean, this isn't just a case of him being entirely propped up by that offense, which is something that can absolutely happen. And we've seen that in the past with guys like Nick Mullins coming in, playing well for a game, um, you know, C.J. Beathard. We've seen some completely marginal backup caliber quarterbacks look pretty good in this offense because of what it's capable of doing. But I think Brock Purdy is already doing things that those guys weren't necessarily doing. We're seeing him work full field reads. We're seeing him um, do impressive things with play action and under pressure. I think he's playing well. Now, that doesn't mean it will continue or that this is – um, his baseline going forward, but I think he's shown already that this is not a complete write-off where they desperately need to get Jimmy Garoppolo back in the lineup, and you know he's just trying to sort of steer the ship uh, between icebergs until that point comes. 
Like Brock Purdy can be part of this team still winning games and chasing as high a seeding in the NFC as possible. What do you see as the biggest difference between the Tua that we saw leading the Dolphins, leading the league in several key statistical categories, and then the one that we've seen the last two weeks who is completing passes at a rate of sub-50%? Um, I think there's a couple of things. A couple of weeks ago, I think he was suffering from his left tackle was out of the game. The the backups at left tackle are just not viable players for Miami. So anytime that's the case, I think they're going to look bad. Um, but I think both teams now have started to really concentrate on taking away the middle of the field, which is where this Miami offense has done all of its damage this season. I think what we're looking at now is the sort of late-season Sean McVay period of Mike McDaniel's first year, which is the, the NFL has figured out a counter to your offense. You know, the unstoppable system, the, the boy genius stuff, the NFL has figured out what you're doing, and they've deployed a counter to it. Now you need to show that you can evolve the system on the fly during the course of the year and come up with a counter to the counter. And I don't think yet that uh, Mike McDaniels has done that, and even if he does, there's a question of whether Tua is then capable of executing the the evolved plan because, you know, Tua's lack of tools relative to guys like Justin Herbert or a lot of the other quarterbacks in the NFL, like, those are real, um, and the system so far has been keeping him away from relying on those things, but the the pivot, the the thing that he needs to do now might be um, to have to lean on those things that are not strengths of his. We're talking to Sam Monson from PFF.com, full NFL breakdown here. Uh, I think Dan Campbell has handled the counter to the counter quite well. 34-23, they take down the 10-win Minnesota Vikings, and all of a sudden, the Lions look like, in a vacuum, they look like one of the best teams in the NFL. What do you see out of them that's allowing them to play this level of football? And can they do it this week in New York? Yeah, their offense is flying. Um, particularly this past week, they they were just a step ahead of Minnesota the entire way from a coaching, play calling standpoint. Like they were setting up the Vikings with seemingly every play call, and the Vikings were just never able to get back on course and back on track. Um, so that offense looks really good, and it's able to hang with pretty much everybody. Their defense, I think, is the big question, and. That, I think, is moving in the right direction. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, their first-round rookie, made a, a few big plays this past week, um, and not just against you know, Blake Brandle, the backup left tackle from Minnesota, but he ran right around Brian O'Neill, who's one of the better right tackles in the NFL for a really big sack. Um, and if the defense is able to st- take steps in the right direction as well, like that's huge for their playoff chances. But the Jets, like they have a legit defense. They've got one of the best front fours in the NFL, that will be, I think, as big a test as they've had probably since Buffalo um, of whether that offense can keep going on the right track. Is there an interior defensive lineman playing better right now than Quinnen Williams? No, he's definitely one of those guys. There's so many this year that are playing incredibly well, having career years. Quinnen Williams is one. Dexter Lawrence is another. Jeffrey Simmons was before he got hurt. DJ Reader, when he's healthy, is as good as any defensive tackle in the NFL this season. There's just so many of these guys, young guys in particular, that are having incredible seasons. Um, 
on the interior, and absolutely Quinn and Williams is one of them. Did the Cowboys-Texans game show us that the Dallas Cowboys just aren't in the weight class of top teams in the NFL, or are you willing to throw that game out because weird things happen in the NFL? I mean, we get games like that. Are you willing to toss it to the side, or does it tell us something more? No, I don't think it necessarily kind of rules them out of that conversation. Obviously, it was a worrying game for them, but it was it was a strange game at times, and when it got to the very end, I think they did show some class to be able to come out of the other side of that. They executed a drive when they needed to, and then when they had Houston in a must-pass situation to try and execute their own drive, you saw the kind of terror that Micah Parsons and that pass rush can create in an offense. Laramie Tunsil, who's arguably the best pass-blocking left tackle in the NFL this season, false started on back-to-back plays because he knew he had to get out early to try and deal with Micah Parsons. Like That is an invaluable effect that very few teams can um, can create with the, the talent that they have this season. All right, we'll wrap with an early pick for Sunday, 1 o'clock. Our boy, Trevor Lawrence, going up against those exact Dallas Cowboys. So it's a... Uh, I mean, the Jags have put together two of their last three games. They've played phenomenal football, and they ran into a buzzsaw in the Detroit Lions. The, uh, the Cowboys coming off of a weird game against Houston, a division foe of Jacksonville. They're on the road. What do you see in this one? Do, how, how do you pick this one? Yeah, it's a big test. And Jacksonville's got one of the most one-dimensional offensive lines in the NFL. They're pretty good pass blocking, and they're pretty atrocious run blocking. Um, so seeing how that pass blocking group matches up with that Dallas defensive line, which I think is the best pass rushing group in the NFL. You know, Micah Parsons is a legit defensive player of the year candidate. Those guys can cause pressure like pretty much nobody else in in football. So that's going to test how much Trevor Lawrence can keep this good run of play going because I think he's going to be under more pressure than he's been for a long time, maybe since that Philadelphia game in week four, whenever it was this season, where he had a a really rough performance. So I think it's a real kind of litmus test game for just for how much better Trevor Lawrence has gotten over the last few weeks. Sam Monson, you can find his work over at PFF.com. Also, catch up with his PFF NFL podcast. Sam Monson, Steve Palazzolo do a great job with that every single week. Thanks so much, Sam. Enjoy the football this week. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Great stuff from Sam Monson, as per usual. What about you, Tazi? Early pick. I won't hold you to it. We do our official pick, uh, no spread involved, on Thursdays at 420. Uh, Jags, Cowboys in Jacksonville. It's an interesting game. It is. I mean, as badly as I want to take my Jags, my adopted AFC Jags, I always pull for the Jags, uh, except when they played the Giants, of course, which got really scary. I mean... Dallas got their wake-up call last week at home against Houston. Right, that's what I worry about for Jacksonville. But they might they might still tempt fate. They might still not be on their best behavior, and that's where Jacksonville has a chance. If Dallas goes there and means business, then I don't see how Jacksonville is going to do it. But everything that Sam said about that pass rush, yeah, Trevor's going to have to go against it. But good opportunity for Trevor against an elite defense to show something. If the Jags were just mildly awake for that Detroit game, I would be all over Jacksonville here. Good momentum. But, but that, just laying an egg like that with uh, coming off of a game like they had against the Ravens, I don't know. I can't quite tell with full confidence if they are the team that they showed you against the Titans or if they're the team they showed you against the Lions. 
I always like the Jags better in division just for familiarity purposes, even though they dropped the game at home to Houston earlier uh, this year, which really turns out to hurt right now if they want to have a last gasp desperation chance at winning a division, Yeah, which, you know, the Titans are regular. It's just too bad they drop games like that. Um, I mean, they went on the road. One of the one, one of the games that impressed me the most with Jacksonville this year, they went on the road early in the year, and they they bludgeoned the uh, the Chargers. Yeah. remember that one? So impressive. And so that was they've had some of these games, but they've also been on the other side, and so they're so hot and cold. It's kind of hard to peg it because if you get the good Jaguars, this is going to be a game that goes down to the wire. Right, uh, yeah. But if not, the Cowboys, off of what was a scare for them last week, could very easily win this game 35-10. to 10. I do think they caught the Chargers at a good time, being that they lost that letdown game against Kansas City. They're sort of let down from that, and Herbert had his ribs, but it doesn't take away from the fact that the Jags won it convincingly. I am going against Tony Pollard in my keeper fantasy playoffs mm. this week. Very worried about Pollard getting going against oh, the Jags. Yeah. That's uh, very worrisome. So, I don't know. As long as the Cowboys show up, they'll probably get it done if they want to think about, you know, chasing this division down. Um, I mean, as for what Sam talked about, Brock Purdy, yeah. Like, he looks way better than Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, who have been okay in spot starts. You mentioned Matt Ryan before winning that MVP. That was a Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah. They had all their ducks in a row, and all Matt Ryan had to do was distribute – and that's like what Purdy's able to sort of do. I mean, I'm not about to call him an MVP, but like it, he doesn't really need to do much, and he's done more than I've expected both weeks he's played. I think very simply put, and watching him for two weeks, if you thought the Niners could win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, there should be no reason for you to change your opinion. In fact... He's playing so well, you might even be able to elevate that opinion. Yeah. That that I'm going to have to see one more week before I'm willing to go that far. But at the very least, I can watch Brock Purdy and say their Super Bowl chances with Jimmy Garoppolo really haven't changed. They haven't altered that much with Brock Purdy. Clearly, he's got poise. I mean, he was looking at Tom Brady engineering an offense or attempting to engineer an offense. It was like a broken-down train he was engineering. But, he, I mean, he's looking at the GOAT. Brock Purdy was probably two when yeah. when Brady broke into the NFL. That's enough to make you get in your head. And Brock Purdy played a phenomenal game. He threw some great, great passes, really good decision-making, not just with his arm, but good decision-making with his legs. Just because you can run doesn't mean you always run properly. And he made good decisions. He scrambled when yeah. he needed to. And uh, that's a guy that I just have the utmost confidence in after watching him ball out these last two yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy, like, you knew what you were getting with him. So there was like, all right, you, you know, he hasn't been able to get over the top, but he's gotten you, like, right there. And he's used to this team, and they have a whole new appreciation after Trey Lance went down. But with Purdy, it's like still kind of the unknown. It's like, how long is this going to last? Is he going to elevate from here? Is he only going to get better every week? You know, so it, it's kind of hard to. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm in the Purdy fan club. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. Since my Giants are probably going to get eliminated, I might as well adopt San Francisco to make a run. Unless it's Detroit. That was the next thing I wanted to get to before we break. Uh, Jets offense or Jets defense versus the Lions offense this weekend. Is that like, the game? I think that might be. The, I'm going down the schedule right now. I think that might be the game of the week. Yeah, like the Isn't a, that crazy. The a, a, a broadcaster should be on that. They won't, 
but they should. No, absolutely. Yeah, Nance, it's a CBS game. That should be Nance and Romo. That's the game of the week. Well, what, it's uh, it's Lions at Jets, right? Yeah. Well, normally it's Fox with the NFC on the road and oh, CBS right. for well, the NFC on the Well, but this one's road. CBS. Oh, it, it says, is a CBS It says game. it's a CBS game. Yeah, this one should, I mean, it'll probably be Iron Eagle, which I can always rock with, but... I can almost guarantee that the uh, the primo crew will be in Tampa for the Bengals Bucks uh, game because that's a CBS game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I see why. Yeah, I'm, I'm going against Joe Burrow in the fantasy playoffs this week too. So I hope the Bucks can drag him into the mud at the very least. And that's an interesting game, but the Bucks don't really make for quality games. I think no. as far as pegging games that have interest, that have implications, that should be a really good, well played football game. Lions Jets, as weird as that sounds, I don't think we've in my life have I ever looked at a Lions Jets <laughs> game on the schedule and said that's the game of the week with confidence. It's got me fired up. Like the best trending offense versus the best trending defense right now. Well, maybe San Francisco in both categories, but yeah, the, after San Francisco and the Eagles, and you know Kansas City and Cincinnati, <laughs> but they're they're in the mix. <laughs> but as far as yeah, 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 the way they're trending and kind of like uh, you know undersold coming into the year, or we kind of were big on the lines, and I was like low key kind of on the Jets. Uh, and then real quick, um, Kyler cards Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff's got to get fired, but who do you hire? And then you know how do you sailing them on a team that's not going to have Kyler for most of the season? Yeah, that's an awkward situation. They're kind of in cap hell just from the thought of it. Uh, uh, Mike Janitti might actually be able to answer that in a few I, segments. I will. Now. I plan on asking him about exactly yeah. that. And then uh, Tua, he needs a run game. I mean, he get, does get him a run game somehow. I, it, those guys invest that they, in that position. Yeah, Mostert's had good runs, good good like series of games, and Jeff Wilson did some good things early. But they need like a household guy down there. I feel like you can sign up for Twin Peaks, stay up to date on all things Twin Peaks, and score some free stuff while you're at it. Find some uh, Twin Peaks locations near you. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. When we come back, special guest in studio, Guardians head coach Terrell Buckley joins us live next. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.